Hey, good morning. How you doing? Come on, let me hear you this morning. Let me hear you. Welcome to Victory. My name is Troy. My wife, Darla, and I get the absolute privilege to pastor this church. And uh, if you're visiting with us, let me just share a little bit of information. You may come in today and go, I'm not really sure what's happening. Uh, First of all, we do normally have kids ministry. Um, We're not having it today because this is our last Sunday in this portable location. Come on and give God praise for that. And so next Sunday, we'll meet in our current, in our next location, is the way I like to say it, because I know it's not our last chapter, it's just the next chapter uh, for us, and we're so excited about it. We've been spending a lot of time getting it ready. I'll talk about that in a moment, but real quick, if you are visiting with us, we'd love to connect with you, and you can do that a couple of ways. Uh, one, you can do that by texting to connect, so you can send uh, the words VICTORY18 to the number 31996. That's going to send you a digital connection card. You'll fill that out for us. Also, uh, when you came in, you got a paper connection card. Uh, if you'd rather fill that out for us. Either way, if you'll fill one of those out for us just so we can have some info, I'd like to call you this week and just say, hey, thank you so much for visiting. Would love to answer questions, especially uh, be able to answer some of your questions about the new building if you have those. And then if you're here physically on your way out, if you'll show that digital card or hand that paper card to one of our team members, they wanna get you a nice, nice gift just to say thank you so much for spending your Sunday with us. Also, if you're looking for ways to give, we do that three ways. Uh, You can text to give, just like you can text to connect. You can do it through our online portal, which is our website, our app. Or even when you're leaving today, one of our auditorium hosts will have a bucket. You can give that way. And I just want to say thank you. Um, You know, it's really cool. Over the past couple of weeks, we have done so much work on this building. And I think part of it is amazing because we were able to do it with the finances that we raised through Purpose Prevails offering. So come on, let's give God praise for that. And man, there's so many great, it's beautiful, the floor is beautiful, the furniture is beautiful, the sanctuary, we put the, the chairs in there the other day, and we were like, oh, it cannot wait. My, all, all my kids, all my V-kids, you got Nintendo Switches coming to your ministry, stop it. I'm not even going to be able to get the adults into church, they're going to be in V-kids playing. Jenny's, all of a sudden, everybody's going to want to serve in V-kids, we'll see how that goes. Jenny uh, loves that. I do want to take a real quick moment. All of our V-Kids leaders and Dream Team members are in service today so they can be a part of this. Can we just give praise and thank you to them? Thank you all so much for what you do every week. I know you don't understand it, and I know you'll never really appreciate it, but to be able to allow your kids to go somewhere where you can come and receive the word, and then you also know that your kids are receiving the word. There's just something powerful about that, and so we don't ever take that for granted. We thank you so much for the energy that you give towards that. Oh man, there's so much to be said. I want to thank every person that's come up over the past couple of weeks and just helped. We've, we've been up there night and day. It's so cool to see days where like a group of people will come in the morning and as that group's leaving, a new group will come in for the evening and it's just been exciting and I cannot wait to reveal this church to y'all next Sunday. I think it's a place you can be proud of. I really do. I think it's the place that you're going to want to invite friends to and you're going to walk in and go, this is our home um, as I've said multiple times, it's the next chapter. We know it's not our final home, uh, but we, we are super excited about this next season and all that's going to happen in that season. In that bulletin you got when you came in, it's got the address, 5383 Mount View Road. Uh, keep that on you so that you'll be there next Sunday. Don't let me hear you tell me, well, I didn't know where it was, okay? Um, you better be there next Sunday because I just think it's going to be an incredible time together. Uh, one, of, one of the transitions that's going to happen uh, that, that we want to take a moment to honor. So as you know, we have had an officer, a present officer here with us every Sunday since we launched Victory. And the first officer we had was Officer Ryan. And Ryan, went, you know, he, he came through us through a season while he was there and we had some great relationship with him. And then Officer Mike took over and we got the opportunity to baptize Officer Mike one Sunday. It was incredible. Um, 
But as, as we move into our new location, because the zip code change, he's, he's out of jurisdiction, so we'll be getting a brand new officer for that location. Um, and so, so Officer Mike won't be our officer as of this Sunday. I hope he still comes to church, but he won't be our officer. So I want to take a minute. Officer Mike, would you come up here for a second, if you don't mind? Come on and put it together for Officer Mike. Yes, yes. Thank you, sir. Um, you know, it's, it's important to us as a leadership team, to make sure that anytime you and your family come to church, you feel safe. Um, and I think that's important, especially in the year 2022, uh, when things are so crazy. And so every week you came to church, and, and one thing I love about you is you're, 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 you're so good at what you do that I don't often even know you're in the room. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's good or if that's bad. You know? But uh, I just I want to say thank you so much for serving us faithfully every Sunday. And like I said, you know, you could always come serve with us at Victory as we move, but we certainly want to just take a moment. We got this law enforcement officer's Bible for you, uh, and we just wanted to give that to you, gift that to you, and we wanted to say thank you, and if you don't mind, I'd just love to pray over you. So church, would you, would you join us for a moment? Father, I thank you right now for Officer Mike. I thank you for all that he's meant to our church. I thank you for what he's going to mean. I believe that you've got a different, you've got a new season for him when it comes to Victory, but I thank you for his heart. I thank you for his humility, and I thank you for his concern every Sunday of making sure that we could worship you and experience your presence in safety. So, Father, I pray he hope, I hope he sees that. I hope he sees our gratitude. I hope he feels like he's a part of the family. And I know that in this next season, both personally, church-wise, everything, that you're going to bless him and you're going to do a new thing in his life, Father. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can I get a hug from you? Yeah. Oh, thank you, man. I'll see you on Sunday. Yes, sir. Yeah. He said, I'll see you on Sunday. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, Mike, I just want you to know you smell so good, by the way. Good night. I got to figure out that cologne. Good night. Woo. Armani. I ain't rich, bro. I'm on a pastor salary. Communion crackers and grape juice. Um, what are we doing here? What is the point of this today? Uh, preach. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, I don't know if I have anything else to say. Um, you ready for the word? Yeah. Man, let's get in there. Isaiah chapter 43 is where we are this morning, Isaiah 43. If you'll turn there in your Bibles or your, or your phones. We're in a series called Promises, where we've been breaking down the promises of God. We are going to take a hiatus from this series. When we get into our new building, we're going to focus on a series called Welcome Home for a few weeks leading up to Easter. And then after Easter, we'll, we'll either get back into promises or we might go back to Acts. Remember, we were studying Acts together. Was that Acts or Romans? I can't Acts. Um, sorry, it's been a long week. And so uh, we're going to kind of cap it off today or at least take a pause. And I want to show you a promise that I think is both for you personally and it's for our season as a church. And so I want to show that to you and then I want to try my best to explain it to you today. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 16 starts like this. I am the Lord. This is God speaking, who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all of its chariots and its horses, and I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned, their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Watch this. But forget all of that. So it started off with the way he delivered the Israelites, and he says, but forget all that, because that is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something, everybody say it, new. I'm about to do something new. Here's what I love. See, I've already begun. Not only am I about to do something new, but I've already started doing something new. Do you see it? 
I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals and the owls too for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I've made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. I want to talk about this promise of new. God promises us new, new being better than what we had before. And I think we're all experiencing something new, not only as a church, but I think you also have that that's happening new in your personal life, new relationships, new seasons, new job opportunities, new dreams, new issues, new hurdles to jump, so many news. And I want to talk simultaneously about the news you're experiencing personally and the new that we're in as a church. And I want to do it in a message titled, Go With The Flow. Everybody say it. Say, Go With The Flow. Darla and I are very different. Um, if, if you really break down, I think a lot of that is what makes us work so well together. And in one of the ways that we're very different is she loves new things. She loves to go experience. She wants to go to new restaurants and she wants to go, you know, to do new things downtown. If there's an event and it's brand new, she wants to go do it. She wants to explore. It's new, 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 new. And I'm more of like an old soul. You know what I mean? Like I want to go to the same restaurant every week. I want to go to a restaurant where I know parking is going to be there. You know what I'm talking about? Like I want to go to the same old activity at the same old place. And meanwhile, she wants to do something new. I don't know about you, but there's just something in me that's more comfortable with the old. And when people start talking about new, I'm like, ah, I just don't know. But here's what I've learned in like, I think, 16 years of marriage. Is that right? 16 years of marriage? Um, is that, <laughs> I should know that by now. Yeah, sorry. Uh, excuses, been a long week. And so I have learned that if I will say yes to it, 99% of the time we go and do something. And when it's over, I look back at it and I go, man, I'm so glad I did that. You ever had that moment? Like leading up to it, you were really worried you were worried about obstacles, you were worried about issues, but you did it. Maybe you did it because you wanted to stay married, but you did it. And after it was over, you looked back and went, you know what? That was really awesome. Like, I really, really enjoyed that. I remember one time for my birthday, she took me on a food tour and through Nashville. And I didn't have any desire to go to Nashville, certainly not walk through Nashville. Um, but when it was all said and over, it, it was a blast. I enjoyed it. When God makes us a promise, church, we often worry about the obstacles, about the, the problems, about the details that are going to follow and that we are going to face in order for us to see the fulfillment of that promise. When God says, I promise you this, we immediately start thinking about what are the details of that promise? What are the obstacles? What are the changes that are going to happen in my life for God's promise to be fulfilled? And we start to worry about that. And if we aren't careful, we will allow our reason to impact our faith. And eventually, we won't walk in faith because of how we feel. I was thinking about this and all the things that Jesus did in the Bible that were brand new. First of all, understand that the gospel in itself is a foreign concept. It's brand new to people. The fact that someone died for your sins one time, and all you had to do was believe in that death was brand new to people. But the way that Jesus acted and did things was brand new to people. For example, could you imagine being the guy who was blind, 
and he's asking Jesus to heal his ability to see, and Jesus spits in the dirt and starts stirring up the mud and then goes to put the mud on his eyes, right? Like that would be a moment where that guy would be like, well, this is new. <laughs> this, is, this is something different. Or imagine being the group of people that realized Jesus was about to feed 15,000 people with a small child's lunch. That would be a moment of, well, this, this is new. This is, this is new. Or the moment where the disciples are in the boat and they fished all night and they've caught nothing and Jesus comes up and says, hey, put the net back in the water and he's a carpenter and they're fishermen and it shouldn't work and they would have said, this is new. All of these things, everything that Jesus did and the way that he did it was new. And looking back on it after we rode with it because we know how it begins and how it ends, it's an awesome thing. But in the moment, it would have been scary. In the moment, the details and the obstacles and the process and the logistics would have been so new that if you were too focused on your fears and feelings, you would have walked away from your faith. New is never easy, church. It's never easy. But when God asks us to do something out of the ordinary, we can guarantee it's because he wants to do something out of the ordinary for us. Anytime. Anytime God is calling you out of the ordinary, it's because he wants to do something extraordinary in and through you. So after 15 plus years of ministry, after 16 years of marriage, after four years as a church planner, after two kids and one pandemic, uh, here's what I've learned. To follow Jesus is to flow with Jesus. If I'm going to follow Christ, I've got to learn how to flow with Christ. Let's go back to Isaiah 43 for a second. I want you to see this again. It's important that you see this. God lists the things that he's done, and then he says, forget about that. Forget about it. For it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. And then I love this. See, I've already begun. So God says, watch this. Not only is he promising to do something new in our lives, he says, I've already started. It's already begun. And there is this sense, when you read Isaiah 43 in those verses, there's this sense in which you and I should remember the past because we can praise God for the great things that he's done, but there's also this sense in which we should forget about the past so that we can grasp on to what God is wanting to do, all right? Let me say that again. There's a sense in which we should remember the past so that we can praise God for all that he's done all the great thing that he's done. But there's also a sense in which we should forget the past so that we can actually grasp on to what God wants to do. If we are content, if we are set on protecting and holding on to the old, listen to me, we will start seeing new as a threat. Anytime that we are committed to old, New starts to look like a threat. New relationships start to look. You want to join our friend group? We already got our group, right? New job opportunities. If you're focused on the old, new dreams. So many of us are not walking in our dreams because our dream is new. And we're still attached to old. When I was 11 years old, I moved in with my dad. It was just me and him, a couple of guys. We lived together for about 10 years before he moved and I got married. And we would always joke around like father and son do. And we'd, you know, a lot of times it'd be like, man, you know, if you don't do that, I'm going to choke slam you. You know, all that, those kind of comments. 
That happens, right? Between you guys and that, it's not child abuse. Um, and, and so I would often say this to him. He would say that, and I'd go, is that a threat? And he would say, it's not a threat, it's a promise. Right. <laughs> when it comes to God's plan for your life, please listen to me. New is not a threat. It's a promise. When it comes to what God wants to do in your life, he's not threatening you to do something new. He is promising you that he is going to do something new. He is doing it already. It's whether or not we stop and embrace it. It's whether or not we understand that God is going to do something new. Listen to me. God is going to do something new. But if we are so content with holding on to the old, if we are so worried about being uncomfortable, we are going to miss out on something special. He's doing something new. But if we, I wanted to have this, sorry, Ben. Oh, I'm going to break something. He's doing something new, but if we're holding on to old like this, no, then we're going to miss out on something special. Now, I thought about this and the fact that in order to be able to embrace every one of God's promises, you need patience. Because you got to be able to walk it out, even though it's not going to look like you expect it to look. Because everything that God promised us, he's going to do, but it's not going to look like the way we want him to do it. Some of us think God didn't fulfill his promise. He did. He just didn't do it the way you wanted him to do it. Okay? And so I'm processing this, and I'm like, man, we need patience to be able to embrace God's promise. But here we are. We're struggling. And all of a sudden, I came to this conclusion. We have been conditioning ourselves to not have patience for God's promise. Here's what I mean by that. Y'all today, this generation today, if you're listening to music and you don't want to listen to that particular song, you just hit the button and it goes on to the next song, right? Like you're listening to an album, you download it on Spotify, my kids have Spotify, and they listen to this album and they go, oh, I don't like that. They just hit the next song and go to the song they like. When I was growing up, <laughs> wasn't that long ago, guys, we had the eight track, you know, we had cassette tapes. Remember cassette tapes? They were about this big. I know this is foreign to y'all, but just hang on with me for a second. They were about this big, and you put them in a tape player, and they had your whole album on it. But watch. If a song came on that you didn't like, it was a process to get to the next song. You had to push the little two double arrows that went that way. You had to be like, is that rewind? Is that fast forward? You hit rewind. And here's what happened. You're in your room and you're jamming out. I want to know. It's a Joe song. Sorry. Couldn't continue. You hit forward and it went like this. And you're like this. And you have no idea when the song is passed. So you're having to hit play and go, what song is that? Is that the, oh, no. Play. Oh, I went too far. Rewind. It's this whole process, right? TV today. If you don't like that episode, you just go to the next episode. If we didn't like that episode, you shut up and watched it anyway, right? You didn't have a choice because you couldn't. Some of us were really rich and we had a remote control and we could at least change the channel, but you couldn't fast forward through the show. And so we're in this culture now where if we don't like it, we just go on to the next thing. But here's what happened when you had to listen to the song and you had to watch the show is every once in a while, a song you didn't like became your favorite song. Y'all know what I'm talking about? 
You're, you bought the album for one song. You paid $18 for one song. And you played the album, and you didn't want to have to skip that song, so you let it play, and you listened to it so many times that you were like, I actually like this song better than I like the song I bought the album for. This is what following God is all about, is that we walk into certain seasons that if we had a fast-forward button, we'd skip it. If we had a rewind button, we'd go back. But because we stick with it, because we trust God, we end up realizing that this season was better than the last season. We rejoice for what God did, but we are so excited about what God is doing. Listen to me. All of you have had seasons, and you may be in a season right now that if you could, you would just click fast forward. But listen to me. Be patient. Stay in it. Trust God. There's new coming. There's new already happening, and your father is still in control. He's still on the seat. He's doing it for a reason. What the enemy went for bad, God turns to good. Everything works to the completion of those that follow Christ Jesus. God is working in your life. You just have to trust him. Go with the flow. Trust him. When we don't give unfamiliar situations the opportunity to unfold, we might end up labeling something bad when it's actually God. If you don't give a moment to unfold, if you don't wait with it and walk with it, if you're not careful, you'll call it bad when it's actually God. Because it's very easy to confuse what we want with what God wants for us. And so when it comes to forecasting our future, let's not forecast it off of fears and failures, but let's forecast it off of faith. I have learned, I don't know about you, I can't talk about you, but I'll talk about me. I think a lot of you are very much like me in this scenario But I have found that when it comes to God's will for my life, I treat it a lot of times the same way I treat picking where I'm going to eat dinner. And here's what I mean by that. If it's a night that we're going to go out to eat, Darla will say to me, where do you want to eat? And I will respond very quickly with, I don't care. Where do you want to go? Right? We've all done that. If you're in any kind of friendship or relationship, you've done that. Like, where? I don't care. Where do you want to go? And that's very risky because she's vegan. You know what I mean? So I can you know, tell her where I might end up. Might end up like in, you know, I don't know, in a grassy field somewhere. <laughs> but I say this, and then she offers a restaurant. She says, well, what about so-and-so? And I go, nah, I don't really want that. <laughs> and then she goes, okay, okay, what about so-and-so? Nah, I don't really want that. Well, okay, okay, well, what about, nah, I don't really want that. And here's what I've learned about myself. I've already decided in my head the kind of restaurant I want to go to. I want it to either have cheese dip or bread. One of those two. Okay, she's healthy, so it's normally not those two. But for some reason, when she said, where do you want to go? I said, I don't care. Wherever you want to go. But in my mind, I had already decided where I wanted to go. This is what we do with the will of God. God says, do you want to go with me? And we go, wherever you want to go, God, let's go. But then when God starts moving, we go, well, I don't want to go there. (laughs) But you said wherever, no, 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 not there, because we've actually already decided in our head where we want to go and what we want God to do. And when God starts to move in that direction, we go, no, 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 I didn't mean that. God says, but you said wherever. 
You said wherever I wanted to go, you were willing to go, but you actually already decided where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do when you told him that. We have to make sure we aren't praying and asking God for new miracles while keeping old mindsets. You can't be asking God for new while holding on to old. You can't be asking God for new miracles while standing in old mindsets. We can't want to be free from Egypt, but also want to be able to eat there. We can't want to see a giant be slayed and yet not want to walk down into the battlefield. We can't want to walk on water and not want to get out of the boat. This made me think about Matthew chapter 14 with Peter in the boat when he walked on water. You're familiar with the scripture. And I was reading it again to refresh myself, and there were two things that stood out to me. First is when Jesus comes to the disciples on the water, the Bible says that they thought he was a ghost, and they got scared. Because Jesus came to them in a way that was unfamiliar, they were scared. Anytime God comes to us in a way that's unfamiliar, we feel fear. But the importance is to stay still and to trust God and to believe that that's him on the water and to walk out trusting him. Now, here was the second thing I read that I had read before, but, but I read it in a different way this week. So let's look at it. Matthew 14, 28, 29. Watch this. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid, the Lord said. And here's what Peter replies. Lord, if it's you, then tell me to come out onto the water. And the Bible says that Jesus said, come. Now, every time I read this, I read it like Peter was super excited. Like he was like, man, Jesus, you tell me to get on that water and I'm going to jump out this boat and I'm going to ski all the way to you. You just give me the go and I'm out. But because I was studying on this process of new and this process of wanting to hold on to the old and wanting to stay comfortable in the middle of God's transition, here's, here's what I started thinking. Is it possible that Peter asked that sarcastically? Is it possible that Peter was like, Jesus, if it's you... Ask me to like walk on the water. You know what I mean? Like, can I just go so extreme? Can I just be kind of sarcastic with God? Like, God, if it's you, send me to Costa Rica. You know? Don't ask that, by the way. I just wondered if that was more sarcastic. And then Jesus said, come on out. And I wonder if Peter was like, oh, stink. You know, like, oh, what did I do? Like, oh, goodness. I shouldn't have said anything. And I just want to make sure, y'all, that when it comes to me following God in my life and trusting God for the new, that I'm not putting myself in a situation that when God says, come on out, I hesitate, I hesitate because I didn't really want to do it to begin with. We have to make sure that we're not asking God to do something new in our life sarcastically, that we're not asking God to do great things, but we don't really mean it. Because when we start asking God to do great things in our life, God preps to do them. But we have to take a step out in faith. We have some friends that started a business recently. And I think it's so interesting because they were praying and asking for something new in their life. And then when God opened the door for it, there was this moment of choice because it was scary. Everybody's telling them don't do it. And all I could think about was this story with Peter. He's in the boat. Jesus says, you want to experience something crazy? Get out of the boat. And Peter's like, uh-uh. I've tried to do this before. I've swam before. 
I know what happens. Gravity happens. I go down. This is bad. Then if that wasn't bad enough, he could have looked to support from his friends and they might have been like, yeah, let's do it. And they were all like, mm-mm, mm-mm, I ain't doing it. And I'm just learning about my walk with Jesus. That when I step up and say, God, I want you to do something new. God says, I already promised you I'd do something new. And it's already in the works. You're just still sitting in the boat. But if you'll get out, you'll experience it. But listen to me. It's not going to be as comfortable as you want it to be. It's not going to be as fun as you want it to be. Monday, we had our chairs delivered to the church. Erica set it up. It was supposed to be delivered from 11 to 3. That was the window, 11 to 3. They called us at 7 o'clock in the morning and said, your chairs are being delivered right now. We were like, okay, that's between 11 and 3. Great job. <laughs> so we're jumping out of bed. We're getting dressed because Monday's normally our rest day. And we're getting dressed and we're making our bed, getting ready to head down. And I looked at Darla and I said, you know what, Darla? If we had stayed in the school, I'd be in bed right now. <laughs> because sometimes experiencing the new isn't as fun as we think it's going to be. Sometimes faith and miracles come with hard work. I heard a preacher say one time, I'll never forget it. The thing that you're praying for today will be the thing you complain about tomorrow. Because when we want God to do something new, we want him to do it new, but can we just keep some of the old? Can I just stay comfortable? Can I just, can't you like, can't you make John walk on the water so that I can say I was there, but I didn't have to do it? And God says, I got something new for you. Something new, it's already in the works, but you got to trust me. You got to step out. Listen, church, just because it's unfamiliar doesn't mean it's unsafe. Doesn't mean it's unsafe. No one has ever in their life, no one that has ever done anything great for God was 100% sure the entire time they did it. We don't have to be sure as long as we can trust that God is, right? So I wrote this down for you. Take a deep breath. Do it. To whatever new situations in your life right now, take a deep breath. For us as a church, as we're about to transition, let's take a deep breath. <laughs> I, was, I was in my green room, also known as the men's bathroom, and I was going over this message, and I got so emotionally wrapped up in it that when I came out and Chris was standing there, I just, I just, had, to, just had to take a breath. You take the breath, but then you understand that God's got this. I love this idea. God wants us to get where he wants us to go more than we want to get there. It's so good. God wants us to get where we, he wants us to go more than we want to get there. And he's awfully good at getting us there. But you have to trust God. You have to believe this promise that anywhere the Savior is, is the safest place to be. I was thinking about this season for us. What's about to happen. Meanwhile, I'm parallel studying in my mind the new season that you guys are in. New season with your kids, new season in your marriage, new season in your jobs, new season in your faith. 
And the Lord brought back a story to me that I've shared with some of you before, but I'm gonna share it again. We have two friends that have a couple of jet skis. And one time they took me and my family out on the jet skis at Piercy Priest. They, they take us out pretty often. Casey Ray had never been on a jet ski before. And Beta didn't wanna be on it, so she was swimming, doing her own thing. And, and the, the guy let Casey Ray get on the jet ski in front of him. And, and I'm, I'm all kinds of stressed as a dad, right? I don't think she's gonna, you know, she's little. I think something's gonna happen. And Casey Ray grabs the handle and just, and the whole jet ski does like a, like a willy. And, and I look over at my friend and he's like, she's fine. And she just went and explored the entire Piercy Priest Lake on a jet ski. I think she was like five years old or something. She was just having a blast. So the day goes on, we're swimming. We park the jet skis for a while, we swim. And we decide it's getting time that we need to leave. So we get back on the jet skis and we're headed back. We're, we're a good ways away from where we parked and we're heading back. And this time Casey Ray's on my jet ski and I've got my arm around her and I'm driving with the other arm. And so we're coming through the water and all of a sudden you see this massive like black wall. And I didn't know it then, but what it was, it was rain. It was raining. And we're going towards it. And, and I could hear my friends saying, we need to turn around. And so right before I could hear them turn around, we hit it. And it was just, it was like, like somebody was shooting paintball at us. It was just da, 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 da. Because not only is the rain falling, but we're flying on the jet skis. So we cut a U-turn and we start heading back to our car. And now it's pouring down rain. So not only are we soaking wet, but we're getting hit in the face. And I'm going, and the whole time I got Casey Ray like this. And we're going through the water and we're getting, and I looked over and Casey Ray is sound asleep. Like this. The entire way, the entire, I'm talking 15, 20 minutes on a bumpy lake with rain smacking us in the face and she's just <laughs> loving it. <laughs> I was thinking about that and I felt like the Lord brought that back to my mind for this reason, because Casey Ray is in the middle of the flow, but she's asleep because she feels safe with her father. Isn't that an interesting concept? That an individual could be right in the middle of a rough season, of rough waters, getting hit in the face with one thing after another and be so comfortable that she could fall asleep because she feels safe with her father. There was another time that somebody fell asleep on a boat in the middle of a storm. It was Jesus. Jesus looked at his disciples. He said, what are you afraid of? You're safe with me and I'm safe with him. And any time that we start to approach or come close to something new, the flesh in us wants to start, get, to start being scared because it's not comfortable. And how do you and I stay confident in the middle of the flow? Because you feel safe with your father, right? So I wanna read something to you and then we're gonna close here in a minute in prayer. In Psalm chapter 32, King David is writing. He's been on the run. He's in the middle of a lot of issues and a lot of struggles. King David writes this. He says, therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there's still time. 
that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. In other words, don't let people get caught up in law living, but let them live in the grace of Jesus Christ. Before it's too late, let them be free in Christ. He says, for you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. This is David's way of saying, I'm in a new season. I've never been here before. I don't really know what's happening. I don't really know how to navigate it. Everything in me wants to run back to what was comfortable. Everything in me wants to curse God for changing this. And in the middle of all that, he says, but you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. And you surround me with songs of victory. That wasn't even the part that got me. The part that got me was right after that where it says that word interlude. When you're reading Psalm 32 in your Bible and you read through those verses, there's a little part where it says interlude. And we've all listened to albums. We know what an interlude is, right? Jeff, just just play, play something for me for a minute. So you can imagine a song with lyrics and then the lyrics stop and you get this. So I had to look it up. I was like, what was the purpose of the interlude in Psalm 32? And when you study it, that moment is a moment of reflection. So here's what was happening with King David. King David said, Lord, you are my hiding place. Lord, you will protect me. Lord, you'll sing songs of victory over my life. He was proclaiming a promise, y'all. Proclaiming a promise. But then the Bible says the interlude happened, and watch this. It was David's moment to reflect on what God had done. And then he comes back in with this. And the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I'll watch over you. David proclaimed in a new season that God will protect him. He spoke it out of faith. He spoke it out of a promise that God had made him. But then he took a moment and he reflected on the goodness of God. And then when he came out of that reflection, he was confident. How do you know that God will be good to you and protect you in this new season. You can say it all you want. He's faithful. He'll protect me. But you're speaking it from faith. How do you move from faith to confidence? 
you got to take a second and reflect on how good he's already been. He's such a good God. We were singing that song, Build Your Church. In my mind, I started thinking about every person we've ever baptized here. I thought about Brandon Proctor when he came out of the baptismal and he flexed on me. I thought about every person that we've met. I started kind of looking around for a moment. At some of the stuff that I hate. It's the ugliest things, stupid stares. And, and I started thanking God for it. Because sometimes you have to get through a season to appreciate what God was doing in it. And you would think that would help us appreciate the new season. Because you think we would know that if God was with me there, he will be with me here. But our lack of comfort moves us back into fear and the father is saying, listen, listen, I am the one who protects you. I am your hiding place. I am for you, not against you. I'm Ahead of you, I'm behind you, I'm beside you, I'm all around you. In mourning and in weeping, in night and in day. And I just feel like if I was to give you any last message in this building, the message would be this, that whether it's the old season, whether it's a new season, whether you understand it or whether you don't, whether it's easy or whether it's hard. All you need to know is that your father is still the safest place that you can be. Where the Savior is, you don't have to understand it. You don't even have to be able to put value on it yet. All you need to know is that the safest place I can be is where the Father is. Casey Ray, come here for a second. Come here. Come up on stage. She doesn't really get to be in here with us much. She's in V Kids. But I use her big sister a lot in sermon illustrations. And I was telling her once, and she was like, Daddy, can, can you use me? And I was like, well, you know, maybe one time when you're in there. And as I'm finishing up this, I honestly hadn't thought about it. So much going on, so much I felt like I needed to say. And as I'm finishing up this message, I knew I was going to use the jet ski story. And I started thinking, come here for a second. Can we take this jacket off? That's really heavy. Come here. Spin around. Jump up. When we were on the jet ski, this is where you were. So we're on the waves with the rain, but you fell asleep. Show everybody what you look like when you fell asleep. Fall asleep. I'm just kidding. 
And even though we're not on the water, you understand that this is still the safest place you can ever be. In every new season, I tried to find the picture, but there was a picture. You were sitting right here, and I was standing right there, and we both had microphones, and it was before we opened our first day here at the church. That was four years ago. We've been through a lot, but this is still the safest place you can be. You don't know what's going to happen in your life when you're eight, and when you're nine, and when you're 10, and when you're 11, and when you're 12, but this is still the safest place you can be. Am I right? Do you get it? You don't know where you're going to be next year. Just when you think you got a handle on things, a pandemic told you different. Church, you don't know. But here's what you do know, that God is doing something new in your life. That the old was great, and we praise God for it but there's so much more coming. There's new coming. And I know you're scared and I know you're worried and I know you're un un unsure and unfamiliar and you don't know about this season and this relationship and these issues. But still, the safest place you can be is wherever your father is. So do me a favor. Everybody in here stand for a moment. Stay right here beside me. I'm gonna ask you to do something I've never asked you to do in four years. I want you to come out the side of these seats. I want you to make your way down here in the front. I want you to bring your kids. Bring your kids. Obviously, don't leave them there. That'd be awkward. Squish in if you can. I know, I know COVID's real, but squish in a little bit. And if you have to come down the first aisle or something so you can be close, I just want you to be close. I want to see your eyeballs. feel it's important for us to pray a specific prayer, both for you personally and for our church moving forward. And it's simply the prayer of that regardless of what's happening in my life, I understand that I am safest in the arms of my father. Do me a favor. If you got a kid, if you can pick him up, hold him, pick him up for a second, hold him. If they're too big, pull them in tight. Pull them in tight if they're too big. Pull them in tight. See, y'all are privileged because y'all right now are getting a sermon illustration of what God is doing with you. Some people down here right now, they don't have that opportunity to grasp them close and realize that this is the way God operates.
that his concern has never been our comfort because we can't grasp new without at first experiencing discomfort. But the promise is this, that he's already begun something new and you're safe because you're in the arms of your father. And the, the safest place to be is wherever the Savior is. So I'm going to speak prophetically to two areas right now. First is your personal area. And I'm going to try to look every one of you. We ain't got kids ministry. We ain't got nowhere to be. Look at me. Whatever you are dealing with personally, that is new to you. That is a different season. That you can't quite label yet. You're uneasy because it's uncomfortable. God promised years ago that he was your hiding place. That he was your safe place. That he was your protector. That he was for you. That he was before you and behind you. That he's already been where you are. That's the promise you got to grasp onto. It doesn't matter what it feels like. He's faithful. I don't know that I can repeat that again, but we're going to try. <laughs> whatever it is that you're in, whatever that season is, we're trying to define it. We're trying to figure out if it's God or if it's not. Everything's God. He hasn't lost control. He's still in control. The lesson for us is as long as you are near him, it's the safest place you can be. Amen? Now let's talk about the church. That interlude's a sweet place when you reflect on everything that God's done. But there's no better place than wherever God's getting ready to take us. When God moves, we move, right? Oh, ludicrous. When you move, I move, just like that. Wherever God moves, we move. Whatever God's doing, we're doing. And the safest place that you and I can be is where the Savior is. When we were up at working at the, at the church this week, all these families with little kids are walking by the church because there's a cheer slash karate place next door. Every one of these little kids and their parents are walking by. They have no idea what they're walking by. Every person who's hurting and needs the grace of Jesus in the area that we're going, here we come. Here we come. God has been waiting for a church that would set aside their comfort 
and go after their calling. Who would walk into a place and say, hey, we will be the ones to communicate that you are their hiding place. And so in this interlude, we reflect for a moment and we praise God for what he did because you are what he did. You're what he did. But he says, hold on. Be willing to look at what he's about to do. We get the privilege to sit under the grace of Jesus Christ. We get the privilege to understand that our Father holds us close. And that's the message that you and I have to go preach to those that need to hear it. It's time. Praise God for what we've seen for four years. Come on, you can do, come on, give God praise. But it's time. And so if you would allow me, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. First of all, I'm going to ask you to be there next Sunday and help us with this thing, okay? Um, if you don't show up, I'm coming to your house. I know where you live. You're in Fellowship One. But I just thought it'd be great for us to pray together, for us to worship for just a moment together, to praise God for what he's done and to ask him to do even greater in what is to come. Would you join me in doing that? Would you pray it with me? Would you praise God for all the, everything that you've seen, everything that you've been a part of over the past four years? Praise him for it. And then join me as we start praying for what he's gonna do. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you for all that you've done. Every person that was saved, every person that was baptized, every relationship that was made, every prayer that was prayed, every person that walked out of this place different than when they walked in. Every time we had the opportunity to share your grace and your love and your mercy, and they had the opportunity to experience freedom in you, Jesus Christ. We praise you for that. We praise you for getting us through a pandemic. We praise you for providing for us financially. We pray for you, pray, praise you for bringing every one of these people into the church, building teams, leadership, impact. We praise you for all of the impact we've had in the community. And now, Father, we pray for what's to come, for every person that's going to be saved, for every person that's going to be baptized, for every person that's going to be set free, for every marriage that's going to be healed, for every person who has a legalistic mindset that's going to understand grace. Lord, for every community involvement that we're going to make. Lord, for every difference, every person that's going to walk in one way and walk out a different way. Lord, for the equipping of us as you send us out to do the ministry. We thank you, Father. And what a way to just kind of end this time in a song. Father, as you build your church, as we start to really grasp that our safest place is in your presence. Let's make this song right now kind of the ending to our prayer. Let's just stay a moment, just a moment, and let's worship with this, and let's pray and ask God to build his church where we're going. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father.
Thank you, Jesus.